to the IA Financial Group's In Your Interest podcast. My name is Ashley, and today I'm joined as usual by my colleague and chief strategist, Sebastian McMahon. And following our last podcast, in which we talked about the importance of discussing finances with your spouse and children, today we'll be talking about the importance of discussing money with the elderly. Once again, we're pleased to welcome our colleague, Paul Santos, joining us remote from Toronto, a financial planner in the group savings and retirement sector. So hello, Paul, and thank you for joining us. Hello, and uh, thank you for inviting me back. (laughs) Thanks for being here. And Paul, why do you think it's important to discuss finances with the elderly? Yes, so financial management has evolved in recent decades. So elderly people may sometimes need to adapt their, their strategy. This could be due to people living longer, you know, impact of inflation, and so forth. So having a budget, for example, is still as important, if not more important, during retirement. You know, retirement income, you know, generally decreases. And although some expenses may also decrease, health-related costs might increase, you know, due to their, you know, increased age. We also need to talk about having a withdrawal strategy to ensure that this is optimal and advantageous for this elderly person. You know, a withdrawal strategy and having a budget go hand in hand. Uh, it's also important to ensure that estate planning is compliant and that everything has been considered. And finally, it's essential to raise awareness among the elderly among you know about fraud. The elderly are much more vulnerable to financial abuse, including fraud. Yeah, I agree, uh, Paul. It's one day. So this is a very serious uh, issue. I've been looking at some studies recently, and there was a public inquiry conducted by the Canadian Radio, Television, and Communications Commission that revealed that uh, no less than 75% of seniors in the country reported being targeted by misleading or aggressive sales techniques. So you know we're more used. The elderly have played with, uh, you know, toying with the technology. So, of course, if we get like a text message out of the blue saying that, well, uh, here, this is the government of Canada, and please enter your financial information here, of course, we'll be more, you know, careful about uh, situations like that. But for the elderly, you know, technology advances uh, pretty uh, quickly here. So, you know, the, uh, the, let's say, the reflexes might not be as sharp as for the younger folks. So, it's important to have these conversations to protect your grandparents from these kind of frauds. And you touched over it a little bit, but what, uh, Paul, what, what would make the elderly more vulnerable to fraud and financial scams, in your opinion? Yeah, so firstly, you know, people think it will never happen to them, uh-huh. but there is no age limit. You know, fraud can happen to anyone with money and, and really anyone who has text, email, or a phone, right? Yep. For the, yeah, for the elderly, I think that, you know, limited knowledge of the digital world, and the different types of fraud that can occur is a factor, you know. Information and awareness about the subject are therefore extremely important, and the elderly need to become more vigilant about being able to recognize the signs of, of fraud. You know, another factor that makes the elderly often a target for scammers is the fact that they have accumulated assets over time compared to, of course, a six-year-old that may have very little income or assets. Yeah, of course, and the elderly people, you know, they're still human beings, they have emotions, so there's this kind of fraud, the, the uh, romantic ploys that, that we would call, so, of course, the, the elder people often feel very lonely, can make them vulnerable to certain scams, and now, you know, with, with the social media, on Facebook, for example, you can have, you know, requests from someone who has a very nice picture and says very nice things, but you don't know exactly who is on the other 
other side of that thing. And you know, the romantic schemes. You know, some uh, there was a study recently that showed that resulted in over nine million dollars in losses among seniors in 2019 alone, representing about 25% of all losses. So educating the elderly on that is uh, very uh, is very important. And uh, you know, it, it's hard to believe, but the elderly sometimes suffer financial abuse from members of their own family, such as uh, children or grandchildren, have a great deal of trust in these people for being easily scammed by their loved ones who have bad intentions. And sometimes it's more, you know, subtle than we might suspect, you know, let's say a few decades back, he just, uh, people were cheating like on the will and, you know, something that was maybe easier to catch. Maybe, I don't know, but uh, with technology here, you know, it's easy to see money leave a bank account from a another bank account. So technology, you know, it allows us to do more things, including fraud, sadly. And what advice can be given to the elderly regarding financial fraud? So firstly, and, and probably the best advice we can give is to be aware of the signs of fraud and to be always vigilant. And we must remind them that they have the right to refuse to act even if they feel pressured or when there is a sense of urgency to act. Now, whenever there is a, a marked insistence or a sense that we are being forced to do something, it's often a sign of fraud. Uh, it's also very important that they surround themselves with trusted people to turn to with questions or to expose or review a situation that raises some doubts. You know, these trusted people can be family members or a, or even a financial advisor, for example. Right, and you know, to support them, we can also refer them to sources of information and awareness about fraud. And we were also talking earlier about one of the subjects we should discuss with our elders, which is withdrawal strategy. What should we talk about more in detail? Yes. So when you look at you know, when you look at the purpose of financial planning for the elderly, you can almost look at it in terms of planning to ensure that uh, you, the elderly do not run out of money during retirement. You know, and part of that planning is to develop a withdrawal strategy. You know, a withdrawal strategy, also known as a decumulation strategy, is a plan or a guideline on how you will take money out of your savings to be used for retirement expenses. So now, to develop the strategy, there are a number of items that you need to take into consideration. You know, what and how much investments do you currently have? What are your other sources of income, such as maybe CPP or OAS? What is your current and projected future tax brackets? You know, longevity expectation, inflation, market variability and risk tolerance, and estate and beneficiary goals. So, you know, you also need to understand your retirement expenses. Because even in retirement, there may be nuances to your spending, depending upon whether you are at the beginning of your retirement, currently in the middle of your retirement, or near the end of the retirement. So once you kind of collected all this information, it's then critical to sit down with your advisor and discuss all of this. And then you can come up with a withdrawal strategy that will sustain you throughout your retirement years. Right. And we were also talking earlier about estate planning. Uh, what would be the best advice to give the elderly regarding this? Yeah. So first, we need to ensure that estate planning is thoughtful, comprehensive, and compliant with the laws of the person's province of residence. You know, it's also always a good idea to consult specialists, such as a notary or a lawyer, financial planner or accountant, so that they can help guide you through this you know, whole uh, estate planning process. Also, ensuring that all necessary documents are available to prepare an estate plan. You know, for example, you know, make sure you have your, your marriage contract or divorce judgment, co-ownership agreements, life insurance policies, you know, and investment statements, for example, you know, are all uh, critical documents for preparing an estate plan. 
and also designating uh, an executor as well as an alternate executor, just in case, in case your primary executor is unable to uh, fulfill the duties, right? And so, you know, once you have, you know, got all this information, you know, and you want to ensure that this will is, you know, properly drafted, and it's generally a good idea to review the will every five years to ensure that the wishes are truly respected. Yeah, of course. And another point that's important to address it, even if it's not directly related to state planning here, it's always good to have uh, a, to plan for the last moments of life. And of course, this is not a, a fun conversation to have, but likely it's one of the most important conversations that you can have with your closed ones who are getting older. You know, they may want to have a protection mandate, also known as a mandate in case of incapacity, which determines the roles and responsibilities of the mandatories to take care of them and administer their property in case they become incapacitated. Also, they may want to define ahead of time the health care that they would accept or refuse to receive in case that they become uh, incapable to consent to such care. So, Tough conversations, but, you know, when uh, people get ill or when we're at the end of life, you know, there are just so many things happening that it's a good help, a big help to everyone involved to plan these things ahead. Thank you, Sebastien. And thank you, Paul, for these very interesting discussions and this sound advice. I hope it will encourage some of our listeners to open up the discussion with the elderly people around them. Our elders are so precious and it's our turn to ensure their safety, to transmit knowledge and to support them when they need it. Love this podcast? Want to know more about economic news? Follow our In Your Interests podcast, available on all platforms. Visit the economic news page on ia.ca or follow us on social media. <laughs>